Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven Podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson. I have with me Colton Jones, as always. We're glad to have you back. Alrighty, so hopping in, um, we're talking about identity, and uh, just to kind of give you a quick little recap of where we've been and where we're going, I think, <laughs> just following the Lord here, um, we've been talking a lot about our own personal lives. We, both Colton and I have been going through a season of suffering, a season of waiting, um, and just dealing with all the fun things of that. And we both felt uh, called by the Lord to really wrestle with our identity again. Uh, Be okay to wrestle with the questions that came up from our suffering, but more importantly, just, oh, just revisit our identity, our reality, in in light of him and who he is. I think it's really important to do that after and during, especially during, but, you know, after, after a, a season of, of dryness, a season of struggle, um, cause it can be easy to make assumptions, make assumptions about things that we just experienced and lose our way or lose our, um, understanding of truth as it is. So, um, Colton, you found a really cool passage that I think relates really well to this um, to this reality. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's in the first letter of John, uh, chapter 3. It says, See what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called the children of God. Yet so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that we we do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope based on him makes himself pure as he is pure. Yeah, that's a really beautiful passage. I personally um for me yesterday mass was it was really nice, but it was also like slightly triggering. Um, there are a few phrases and things that came up that, and also just life situation as well, um, where I kind of had to wrestle with my loss, my sadness again, in a, in a kind of a fresher way. And I was driving uh, alone and just crying out to the Lord asking asking for a little bit of clarity asking for some help and i felt him respond to me of like i want to give you gratitude and i feel like this this passage kind of reflects god's identity reflected in us in in that little bit that when I was suffering from what I have, I had lost, God's response was 
not, oh, you poor thing. I mean, I definitely felt his presence and his, his heart understanding my pain and my suffering. But his response was not pity, but one of a generous father. And in saying, yes, you've lost. You've lost something precious, someone precious. What have I given you? What? <laughs> how, how, how is your life blessed? And in, in hearing that from the Lord, I actually felt very, it might sound corny out loud, but it was a very meaningful experience where I was actually grateful for the breath in my lungs. And I was grateful for what, what freedom he had given me of, of mind and of heart. Um, and not, not one that's like, oh, I'm awesome. Like I, I've got Jesus, but one of like acknowledging that this pain could be overwhelming, should be overwhelming. And it still kind of is overwhelming, but I'm free, you know? Um, yeah. So that's my initial response and, and initial thoughts on that passage. Colton, what are, what are yours? My initial thoughts are that whoever wrote this heard Jesus speak. He, and I know a lot of times, uh, like <clears throat> with some of the letters, maybe some of the books, the authorship is contested, but the way that this oozes, like Jesus's verbiage, mm -hmm. what, how Jesus spoke, um, this just is like, I'm pretty sure St. John wrote this yeah, because that just feels like him feels it like feels how, right. how he says it and how he would, uh, portray Jesus speaking like in, uh, in the gospel of St. John. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's like, that's what hits me first. And, uh, and of course, in, in this St. John also starts a lot of his, um, a lot of his paragraphs and addresses with children, like addressing his audience as children or as beloved. Yep. And uh, to me, it's like he's writing from the heart of the father right now. Hmm. Um, that that's where the, that's where this letter is coming from. He's he's living in the heart of the father as he writes to the people that God wants to father. And this whole letter sort of feels that way. Um. It says, uh, like at the beginning of the, the passage, it said, you know, see what love the father has bestowed on us that we may be called the children of God. And so we are. And he wants to get the very, very simple truth across. Um, that our identity flows from the love of God. Mm -hmm. That the love that is bestowed on us makes us the children. And, <clears throat> and yeah, it's, very, very simple. Very, very deep though. That's, that's, it's, it's almost like, like some children's stories. Yeah. If you go back and reread maybe some children's stories and things like that, you're like, wow, this is saying a lot more than I remember it saying. Yeah. Dude, Shrek is in depth. 
Shrek. <laughs> yeah, classic children's story. Shrek. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, but uh, this this is one of those things that's like very very simply put, very simple language too. Uh, I feel like whatever this author Saint, I believe Saint John writes, he's writing like a child would mm-hmm. write very simply. Um, doesn't try to be overly eloquent. Um, just gets to the point and speaks from the heart. So, um, and in this, uh, says beloved, we are God's children. Now what we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do not, we do know that when it is revealed, we will be like him. And that kind of Mm -hmm. follows the fact that like we become like our parents, whether we, whether we like it or not, you know, uh, but we, I, I guess we get to determine what that looks like over time, you know, in a more personal level. But when it comes to being children of the father, to be like him or mm-hmm. to, to be his children is to become like him. Yeah. And, um, when, when that grace, when that love is bestowed on you, it's transformative in a sense that it, it fundamentally changes who you are and changes how you become in a sense. Yeah. Uh, cause ultimately you be, you become more like what you love. If, mm-hmm. if you love NASCAR, <laughs> you might become more like stereotypical NASCAR fan over time. I mean, it depends on how, how extreme you might be about it or, uh, but you tend to just conform your life to the things that you love. If you love your spouse, people say like when, whenever spouses grow old together, they just, you're like, you two are like the same, you are like very different, but almost like the same person. Mm -hmm. You just spent so much time around each other that you were like, you've just become like conformed to each other's lives. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful thing. And whenever we approach God in that same way as his children becoming conformed to the father, um, we become like him, take on the qualities and the characteristics like him. And, uh, it, it, it finishes that passage with saying, um, everyone who has this hope, um, Everyone who has this hope based on him makes himself pure as he is pure, which is a, I'd be more interested digging into what that means specifically, because we have a lot of ideas of like what the, the, the word pure, what it's attached to. We often maybe we might associate that with like the more extreme and fundamental forms of Christianity, like Puritanism and things like that. Mm-hmm. Hence Puritanism. Right. Uh, being set aside and apart from the world. But maybe I'll ask this question to you, Arthur. What do you think that means to be pure? Like he is pure. Like God is pure. Yeah. I mean, with my different, uh, experiences in prayer, and with my different theological learnings and such. I can tell you what I think it means. Um, I think what you're beating around the bush of, and I, I, I think we should just name it, it's not just boiled down to sexual purity. Like, your relationship does with, with God does not boil down to just sexual purity or how you conduct yourself morally in that regard. Um purity 
from what I understand it, uh, both in a classical sense and in a scriptural sense, um, is one of a pure of heart is, is, is essentially one of like a pure intention. So, um, basically boiling it right down to it is like being your heart being one with God's heart and what he wants. Mm -hmm. So, um, it sounds super simple. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I kind of want to like, so, uh, for the audience, I'm, I work as a chemist and I deal with chemicals, surprise, uh, in a lot of the chemicals that I deal with, they have their purity listed on the label of it. Like, yeah. uh, like if it's nitric acid, sometimes it's like between 60 and 70% pure. Yep. Uh, and that's about as good as you can get it. Um, but, uh, it's like, well, what's the rest of it? So purity yeah. in this sense is like, it's, it's, it becomes one thing, not a mixture of things. Yeah. Almost. It becomes more simple when the more pure it is, the more just simple it is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like purity of heart maybe means just single heartedness, not duplicitous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess I, that, that's a, like a good pull from scripture. You know, Jesus met, uh, who was that man? I forget a, a young man and basically said, it was something along the lines of like, this is a true Israelite. There's no duplicity in him. That's what mm -hmm. it is. That's the, that's the quote that Jesus says about this young man. And I have always wanted that, right? I've always wanted to hear that from, from the Lord. And what does that actually mean? It boils down to, regardless of whatever, like mistakes I might make, it really just boils down to, is my heart actually only wanting God? Or are there things that I want out of my relationship with God or out of, um, my relationship with other people or, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, is my main drive power money? and fame or something like that you know i've been saying this and i think it's been shocking some of my friends and i think some get it but um i, I think i said on the podcast too like i don't want to be remembered you know like i, I just I don't, I don't i i used to want to be a canonized saint and after like praying it through i was like you know what that's i i just have a fear of being forgotten so after i got over my fear of you know, being forgotten, essentially like this desire to be known, this desire to be awesome, this desire to be like a game changer or whatever. After the Lord started like really working on my heart in that regard, you know, I had this epiphany, if you will, of I don't care if I'm remembered. I just want my children and my children's children and my wife to know and love God, you know? And there is like a simplicity of, I, I'm not going to stop chasing after God and growing and understanding and being with him. Like there, there is no end to how much I can grow to love like him like there's there's no end there's no cap there's no perfect level of i made it you know it's only further and deeper further up and further in as c.s lewis puts it mm -hmm. in in the last book or the last battle sorry in his last book uh of the chronicles of narnia right it's only further up and further in 
what he's referencing is is diving deeper and deeper into the presence of God. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, I think those those three things, those three major things that a lot of people struggle with is is fame, money, and power. I, I'm gonna throw in pleasure, you know. Um, you know th- those things. I think not that those things are bad, right? But when the desire is of those things over God, and that even just sounds kind of like flat. Yeah. You know. You know. You know what I mean? It sounds flat. It, it yeah. sounds so <clears throat> I like so much like an idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, the yeah the goal is to be of one heart with God. So like. Uh, it, it was brilliant to for Jesus to just be like, well, surprise, something he does is brilliant. But uh, like, it was brilliant of Jesus to just show everyone like a child, and he's like, you got to be like this. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is what you got to do to make it into heaven. You got to be simple. Yeah, you got to like a child. They love their parents. They think the world of them, mm-hmm. and um, and they're just like really so they're so sincere if you ever met like if you ever met a child especially like just just a really good kid and you're like wow you are you're very sincere in in, in a way that sometimes it's kind of like wow that really hit like sometimes they say like say things they don't realize that's maybe a bit rude Mm -hmm. or or something like that but they they just say it maybe even from a place of love or um maybe they think you're great, but they, they like say like, so why are you acting like this today? Or you like all the, all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, but having the simplicity of a child, um, I don't know, man, that's, that's, that's the key. And St. John knew it too. Cause it's part of like tradition that like he, as he was growing old, uh, and about to die, all, the only thing he would repeat was just, unless you become like a child. Mm. And, uh, that's, more or less just what he said to people at, before he died is just unless you become like a child. Mm. And um, I think that that's really, that's to me the key. Uh, just having a heart like God, you know, mm-hmm. becoming like a child, being more simple. Cause whenever we start, start taking on desires like, like, like lust, power, like money, and things like that that's when we start feeling like an adult and although maybe feeling like an adult it's not such a bad thing because responsibility is a real thing that we need to to, to take on but it, when you take on what god doesn't call you to take on that's that's when you lose the ability to have that that simple heart that simple pure mm-hmm. heart um because yeah that's yeah nothing that god calls you to is in conflict with him so you have the opportunity to act out of love at every moment towards god yeah now i think i think i get what you're saying are you are you saying Mm -hmm. something along the lines of like having control is the thing that like makes you feel like an adult and those things usually look in look like having money having power having 
dreams or, or desires or goals or whatever is, is I think part of it is control. I feel also that there's a motivation for people. Like when they say like they want to be an adult or they just want to grow up and stuff like that is that they're not meeting their own expectations for who they think they should be. Mm. And so if they just had more money, if they just had, if they were just more fit, if they were, um, just maybe a little bit more well-known that, then then they would be closer to their goals and things like that and um that's just not that's just not how we're called to that's just not what we're called to do Mm -hmm. um because if we can't be really joyful with where god permits us to be not just permits us to be but loves us to be where we are right now Mm -hmm. um if we can't just be content with that then were we to get the money that we're looking for get in the shape that we want to be in or be as well seen as we want to be we're not going to be happy there we're not going to be at peace mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i want to take the last few minutes that we got and and focus on that last little bit those of us who have that hope you know to be pure mm-hmm. to make yourselves pure how do you think how do you think now that we kind of talked about like having a pure heart, having a pure mind of like intent, childlike, you know, uh, just having a childlike heart and childlike desires. How do you think we would live that out? Like, how do we make ourselves that? It's all I, I, I always, whenever I see in scripture, it's like make like, like make yourself pure it's just like that's not necessarily like exactly how it works like it's mm-hmm. us working with god mm-hmm. being co-laborers working together to do this because you can't have a simple heart unless you're healed of the things that or like healed of wounds or mm-hmm. or or freed from fears that make you hold on to the things that make you duplicitous yeah um and it's it's always a work it's always working with god the the, the quickest way to be to become holy is to s- just stop fighting him <laughs> stop it stop fighting mm-hmm. uh it's not our jobs to make ourselves holier at all and i the, there's some people that i know that um they take on like they put, place a lot of like penances on themselves or or um what's the word i'm looking for like extra devotions Maybe not, not extra devotions isn't necessarily what I'm thinking of, but they, they like purposely make themselves uncomfortable or miserable and they, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's not your job to do that. <laughs> Believe me, God can do really well. He he can, he can give you enough suffering. There's enough suffering. In yeah. Life. <laughs> it's, it's first off, it's not your job to make yourself holier through sufferings that you think will make you holy. Second, God will choose what kind of suffering you get in your life. Cause he makes, he's, he's the one who makes everything sufficient for your mm-hmm. sanctity. And it's like, you're not trusting him when you do that. Yeah. Stop, stop not trusting him. If you feel this Holy spirit specifically guiding you to do something, then say like, okay, let's discern this. And if the answer comes out, yes. All right. Maybe take on the penance of, um, like simple ones, like not eating, uh, meat on Wednesdays and Fridays the entire year. Uh, some people do that and 
if the spirit leads them to do that, then they're doing God's will, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the good thing about it. But if you're doing it because it sounds nice, yeah, because it because sounds somebody nice. else was called to do that yeah, and you think they're holy. Good, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, you just don't, don't take that control. It's not your job, man. God is in charge of making you holy. Your job is working with him mm-hmm. and not fighting him. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like your insight there. I I think also um, I think the the Holy Spirit kind of put something in my mind there because um, we were talking about what does it mean to be pure and what does it mean to not be do like a have it be duplicit, du, be whatever anyway. to not be duplicitous. Duplicitous. It's yes. a fun word. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit reminded me of the passage of one cannot serve two masters Mm -hmm. two, you know duplicity being two right Mm -hmm. two masters the one of the world and one of god you know you just can't do it we try all the time right yeah and you know i think honestly where purity comes in is really sitting down and taking taking time to say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Where do I need freedom? Where do I need your freedom? You know, and letting him come in and point out the thing that you need freedom from yeah. and handing it over to him, right? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's an act of purification. Yeah. yeah. Like you, like purification is just, you're, you're, when it comes to like purifying yourself, just that means like, not like you like whip yourself and like yeah or or things like that like that's not what it is no it's like no just simplify simplify focus on first what is the most absolute important thing which is god Mm -hmm. you know the father his heart uh which is which is christ your beloved and uh if you can't do that then it doesn't matter how many rosaries you pray it doesn't matter how long you kneel uh just yeah Come, come into contact with the, the one master, mm-hmm. you know, and listen. Yeah. Mm. I think a good indication of who our master is, is if we view Jesus as a taskmaster and the main fundamental relationship is not sinning, then we have an attachment to something in the world. Because the world is the thing that's a taskmaster. The world is the thing that operates in the negative God always operates in what is positive. And the reason why I can say that is because in the beginning, when there was nothing, God created something. He has always been working from a positive. If you look at the cross, when everyone else thought there was something negative that God was taking away, three days later, and even at the time of his death, People were rising from the dead, right? So from the moment that he t- he breathed his last to the moment when the, the stone was rolled away, people were rising from the dead. The veil was torn. Crazy crap was happening. <laughs> it was nothing but positive, right? God has not called us to operate in the do-nots. As much as the the Ten Commandments exist, right? Like, 
he wants us to do more than just not have a commit adultery. He wants to act, he wants us to actually love our wives mm-hmm. and our and our, just our spouses. I can't say my husband, you know, because right, like, you're your spouse, yeah, yeah, our our spouses, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to just not steal. He wants right. us to give to the poor. Yeah, that's far. Yeah, to to simply not do something is far too little. <laughs> right, right. He doesn't want us just yeah. to go to, to like Sunday service or, or or to mass. He wants us to love him. Mm-hmm. You know, like to give him our whole hearts, our whole souls, and our minds with all of our strength. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want us just to not look at some woman. Mm-hmm. You know, with lust in our hearts, he wants us to love the woman. And see her as God, as, as who God made her to be, you know. There, like, the spirit of the world is one of slavery, one of negativity. The spirit of God is one of freedom. And I think that's that's what boils it all down, right? Of whether or not we have a heart that is pure or not, and we all have those things. That the Lord is is calling us to draw us deeper into purity, into relationship with Him. Yeah, Colin, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I'm focused on the this just the the understanding of purity as just simplicity. I think that revolutionizes the whole all all the baggage. I think Mm -hmm. attached to that word. Yep. and that that purity isn't necessarily a state of being uh that people like like you had mentioned earlier like associate with sexual purity or yep. uh maybe or maybe like childlike innocence but uh purity is something attainable that god calls you to mm-hmm. and is more than happy to help you get there <laughs> you yeah. know uh the less things uh competing for god in your life the far better man mm-hmm. and um i think yeah approaching it that way just helps alleviate some of that baggage that i feel attached to that word mm-hmm. and um i like i like this new way of going about it those are my thoughts yeah nice technically it's the old way but you know the true yeah revivals new, in the newfound but it's been there all the time like the church fathers yes yeah. yeah revival honestly like the, no seriously though like i was just joking and singing horribly on purpose um <laughs> seriously i i think revival is in the air mm-hmm. you know i think we're gonna come back to what our church fathers what jesus himself wanted us to see to have a worldview that jesus himself wanted you know, I, I sense it coming. I, I see it already happening. I'm already seeing fruits of that. Um, yeah. We're, we're well on our way as, as, a, as a church, as a Christian church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's pray for purity. Let's, let's end with a prayer for purity. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Bring us into simplicity. Boil us down to simplicity and love of you. Come Holy Spirit, I ask you to send forth your love and courage into our hearts. That we might be able to look in inward and 
intimacy without fear what what's the thing what's that thing that our hearts are bound to that's keeping us maybe from seeing seeing where God wants freedom in our lives Holy Spirit where do you want to operate in the positive in my heart of the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care and God bless. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven dot fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven dot fire. So please go uh, give those a gander and send us any th- any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.